No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that when Nehemiah returns from Persia, he finds Jerusalem in disarray and must clean house and put things in order. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Nehemiah chapter 13 on Simply the Bible. While Nehemiah served as governor in Jerusalem, he accomplished many great feats. He led the people to rebuild the walls. He joined with Ezra and others to bring spiritual revival. He helped renew the covenant between the people and the Lord. And finally, he led the Levites and priests in two groups who walked on top of the wall, praising the Lord. We continue in Nehemiah 13. On that day, they read from the book of Moses in the hearing of the people. And in it was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever come into the assembly of God because they had not met the children of Israel with bread and water, but hired Balaam against them to curse them. However, our God turned the curse into a blessing. So it was when they had heard the law that they separated all the mixed multitude from Israel. Now, the Ammonites and Moabites were descendants of Abraham's nephew, Lot. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they refused to greet their relatives with bread and water, but instead they hired the prophet Balaam to curse them. Now, at first, Balaam pronounced blessings as God gave him the words to say, but later he gave evil advice to the king of Moab, telling him to send their young women into the camp of Israel to seduce the men and lead them into idolatry. The scheme worked, and God punished Israel severely for their sin. But the Lord said that no Ammonite or Moabite was permitted to enter the assembly of the Lord for ten generations. So when the Jews in Jerusalem heard this portion of the law, they separated the mixed multitude of Ammonites and Moabites from Israel. Now, before this, Eliashib, the priest, having authority over the storerooms of the house of our God, was allied with Tobiah. And he had prepared for him a large room where previously they had stored the grain offerings, the frankincense, the articles, the tithes of grain, the new wine and oil, which were commanded to be given to the Levites and singers and gatekeepers and the offerings for the priests. But during all this, I was not in Jerusalem. For in the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I returned to the king. Then after certain days, I obtained leave from the king, and I came to Jerusalem and discovered the evil that Eliashib had done for Tobiah in preparing a room for him in the courts of the house of God, and it grieved me bitterly. Therefore, I threw out all the household goods of Tobiah out of the room, and I commanded them to cleanse the room. I brought back into them the articles of the house of God with the grain offering and the frankincense. So after Nehemiah had been 12 years in Jerusalem, he went back to Persia to the king for a time. And when he returned, things were a mess. Tobiah was the Ammonite who earlier gave Nehemiah so much grief. But while Nehemiah was gone, Eliashib the high priest 
had prepared a large room in the temple for Tobiah to live in. That was a storeroom that was used to store the grain offerings and other things for the temple. Later in this chapter, we are told that Eliashib's grandson was Sanballat's son-in-law. Sanballat and Tobiah were very close friends and enemies of the Jews. Now, Eliashib obviously knew Nehemiah would disapprove, so he did it while Nehemiah was gone. But when Nehemiah discovered this, he was bitterly grieved. I think he was incensed. No one had the right to live in the temple storerooms, and especially not an Ammonite. Therefore, Nehemiah cleaned house by throwing out Tobiah's stuff, cleansing the rooms, and then filling them with the articles that belonged there. Now, as we apply this, we remember that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. When we believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And we can profane our temple by allowing some unholy thing to dwell in our heart. It could be jealousy, bitterness, hatred, lust, greed, or pride. But if we give it a place in our heart, then it will defile us. Alan Redpath said, What Tobiah has wormed his way into the center of your life and sits there comfortably enthroned where the Lord Jesus ought to be? Have we allowed the Tobiah treasures of this world to clutter up our hearts? Then we must cast out these things promptly and resolutely. If you're too weak to do it yourself, well, ask the Lord to help you clean house. I also realized that the portions for the Levites had not been given them, for each of the Levites and the singers who did the work had gone back to his field. So I contended with the rulers and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place. Now earlier they had signed a covenant saying that they would bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. But now the Levites left their assigned positions in the temple and returned to the fields because nobody was bringing their tithes. Therefore, Nehemiah contended with the rulers and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? He got in their face about breaking their covenant. Then all Judah brought the tithe of the grain and the new wine and the oil to the storehouse. And I appointed as treasurers over the storehouse Shelemiah the priest, and Zadok the scribe, and of the Levites, Padiah, and next to them was Hanan, the son of Zachar, the son of Mataniah, for they were considered faithful, and their task was to distribute to their brethren. Nehemiah collected the tithes and brought them into the storehouse, and he appointed faithful stewards to administrate the distribution to the Levites. Remember me, O my God, concerning this, and do not wipe out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for its services. This remember me flare prayer was a plea for God's help that the reforms Nehemiah was making would be pleasing to God and would continue. Nehemiah knew how often the people failed to keep their promises. In those days, I saw people in Judah treading wine presses on the Sabbath, 
and bringing in sheaves and loading donkeys with wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of burdens, which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. Then I warned them about the day on which they were selling provisions. Men of Tyre dwelt there also who brought in fish and all kinds of goods and sold them on the Sabbath to the children of Judah and in Jerusalem. Earlier, when the people had signed the covenant, they agreed not to buy or sell on the Sabbath. Yet here they were treating the Sabbath as any other workday and failing to keep it holy, which was the fourth of the Ten Commandments. Now, the Sabbath law has never been put upon the church, although I think it's certainly healthy to take one day in seven for rest. But according to Exodus 31.13, The Sabbath was the sign of the covenant between the Lord and Israel. And I contended with the nobles of Judah and said to them, What evil thing is this that you do by which you profane the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers do thus? And did not our God bring all this disaster on us and on this city? Yet you bring added wrath on Israel by profaning the Sabbath. Nehemiah rebuked them. So it was at the gates of Jerusalem, as it began to be dark before the Sabbath, that I commanded the gates to be shut and charged that they must not open till after the Sabbath. Then I posted some of my servants at the gates so that no burdens would be brought in on the Sabbath day. Now the merchants and sellers of all kinds of wares lodged outside Jerusalem once or twice. What an epic leader Nehemiah was. He took practical action to do something about the problem, locking the gates on the Sabbath and posting guards so that there would be no more buying and selling. And then I warned them and said to them, why do you spend the night around the wall? If you do so again, I will lay hands on you. From that time on, they came no more on the Sabbath. And I commanded the Levites that they should cleanse themselves and that they should go and guard the gates to sanctify the Sabbath day. Finally, Nehemiah threatened the merchants that were camped outside, saying, look, if you come back here again, I will lay hands on you and cast you out. Now, do you think that made him popular? He wasn't trying to be popular or politically correct. Nehemiah was seeking to obey the Lord and lead the people in obedience. Remember me, O my God, concerning this also, and spare me according to the greatness of your mercy. Now, in those days, I also saw Jews who had married women of Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. And half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod and could not speak the language of Judah, but spoke according to the language of one or the other people. The women of Ashdod were Philistines. The Jews were attracted to them, as was Samson centuries earlier. Again, they had promised to keep themselves from intermarriage with the pagan peoples of the land. And now the women of Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab were teaching their children their native language. So how would they understand the Hebrew scriptures and God's covenant? This is the same problem that occurs today when a believer marries an unbeliever. The children most easily adopt the language, worldview, and ways of the unbelieving parent. Children naturally follow the path of least resistance. So I contended with them and cursed them, struck some of them and pulled out their hair and made them swear by God saying, you shall not give your daughters as wives to their sons, nor take their daughters for your sons 
or yourselves. Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? Yet among many nations there was no king like him who was beloved of his God, and God made him king over all Israel. Nevertheless, pagan women caused even him to sin. Should we then hear of your doing all this great evil, transgressing against our God by marrying pagan women? Nehemiah was one tough hombre. They had bound themselves with a curse if they failed to keep the covenant. So now Nehemiah cursed them and pulled out their hair because of this sin. Then he made them swear to cease marrying the foreign women. And one of the sons of Joiada, the son of Eliashib, the high priest, was a son-in-law of Sanballat the Horonite. Therefore I drove him from me. The family of Eliashib, the high priest, was leading the way in this sin. His grandson married the daughter of Sanballat, the chief enemy of Nehemiah, so Nehemiah would have nothing to do with him. Remember them, O my God, because they have defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood and the Levites. Thus, I cleanse them of everything pagan. I also assign duties to the priests and the Levites, each to his service, and to bringing the wood offering and the first fruits at appointed times. Remember me, O my God, for good. Nehemiah cleaned house. May I suggest that perhaps we have a little house cleaning to do. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please call or text us at 208-319-4860. That's 208-319-4860. Tomorrow we will return to the book of Deuteronomy as we see Moses and the children of Israel just before they cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land. We hope you'll join us next time on Simply the Bible.